It's me, your friendly neighborhood hexagon announcer from the EFC, Shane the Duke Wellington, and you're listening to The Takedown. belt is very very it's actually the same company who made the old <coughs> belt who made our belt so what? now they moved over to wildcat belts and they went much cheaper i remember didn't they go to the guys from what they called they used to have their barker show oh yeah, yeah so so they do the they do the plates yeah so they cut the plates but then wildcat actually okay but wildcat actually um creates the belt so they take the plates oh, and then they put everything together but the plates is just plain normal chrome nothing fancy even the diamonds is, it's not like the old diamonds. is it not legit diamonds or no, anything no well, they haven't used di- real diamonds since 2006 with well, 2006 when they got the spinner yeah it was too expensive yeah can you imagine the having... whole thing so they got for you know your your makeshift your, your fake diamonds it's, it's for Forks, looks i mean you can see it so, i think it's sort Sur- yeah. Surovsky. yeah so yeah like exactly Surovsky diamonds so they went for that look instead of the real thing like they used to because it was just expensive to do that whole spinner in that and they just realized oh, but it's okay nobody really notices holds the belt except us so why should we spend so much money on it so do they, do they have one belt that they recycle it's not like the ufc where each champion gets a belt no so you so get to keep each belt so you get to keep a belt and that's going to be yours when you win it you keep it so and you're going to put it up Gosh, in your room you're going to frame it, it etc etc so they've got plenty of belts and that's why they went very very much Gosh, cheaper yeah. because it's too too many it's, these things are expensive yeah. it, it really is expensive uh, even with our stuff it's can you imagine the price? It's, it's really expensive. And if you have to start thinking that for every guy who wins this belt, you have to give that person a copy and take them. Because I mean, That's you great. know, I earned that. Mm. And then you get a new one to recycle to the new champion. Because now again, you don't want your champion to get the leather that's been worn and torn. And so they also need to be respected in that. Yeah. Kit. So it's, it's interesting. It's very interesting how they work instead of, you know, with UFC and EFC. It's mm. just a recyclable thing and it just changes hands. So you only see, they, they've got actually, they've got one for TV. And that's only used ask, for yeah. TV. And that one actually, uh, when they're done, it's like a prop. After the TV, it goes into, you know, it goes into a vault. It's, it gets kept safe and it only go, comes out next week again. Oh, okay. But you get your belt and you take that home and that's it. But that one is a prop for TV and that's it. Because even like in the Attitude Era, the way they treated some of those belts... Oh yeah, like stone cold pouring beer oh, all yes. over them oh, and throwing yes. them in rivers and yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you you had that that page scandal a couple of years ago as yeah. well. You know, I mean, the way she treated that belt was was quite was quite interesting. So I I actually brought the belt for you guys here. Yeah? Oh wow! So that you guys That's can amazing. see it. Thank you, Mama Africa. She is a heavy girl. And who made this belt? This was done by Pro-Am Belts in the USA. And they are one of the top guys. They used to do all the Attitude Era belts as oh, well. Oh, wow. A lot of those things. Whoa. So here it is. <laughs> so this, we are actually the first promotion who has this at the back. Is that like suede? Yeah, it's like a suede kind of thing. It's, um, it's like more, more like a velvet, a thick velvet. It's just to protect the wow. leather because now obviously your champions and your guys they sweat they sweat and yeah and it and it actually damages the leather so this girl she's 18 karat gold 100 percent pure chrome plating and then 100 percent pure ruby stone 17 of them on there and it's dual plated i can tell yes yes absolutely beautiful and who designed it so it was a collaboration between myself and josh ratkin josh ratkin is the main designer at pram belt um we started off with something very, it's very, very different, dodgy looking, <laughs> <laughs> and then we just built it out from there. And then it was, I think the, the, the finished product came out absolutely fantastic. And how did you get hold of these guys? Was it just 
social media no Google. it was just basically speaking to a lot of the wrestlers because we've got contacts with a lot of guys and you know when we started the whole thing it was a case of yeah okay but who's gonna do your belt you know do you do you know anybody and we're like yeah no we're looking at wildcat because we know they're doing the current wwe I said, no, no no don't go there these guys they did the old belts they're still gonna give you the proper you know the real deal have a chat with them so i contacted josh who i got his contact details from and it was it was super absolutely fantastic team they've got there the way they work customer service like they i'll never ever get a championship belt from anybody except them so is this made in the states or? yeah it's made in the states so yeah even bringing this this girl in mm -hmm. is also quite expensive but but i mean it's it's worth it i mean if you have something like this that be running and you need to have something proper correct you know you can have something dodgy made in your own garage <laughs> yeah. or something you need something you know fans need to look at this thing and say you know what i like this this is something i can get behind i want to see who's mm. going to hold this thing you know and that's sure. that's what it's about that's what sport is about it's about the trophies oh, even so for, get a even for the for the competitors you know yes so it absolutely feels like for them having a proper belt around their waist yeah so pj pj black got to hold this one first before i did oh wow because they first created to him he lives in la because they first had an issue with their courier who couldn't get it to south africa so i said okay send it to pj and then i'll get fedex to pick it up from his house so and when he got it as well i said this is the heaviest belt i've ever held <laughs> he said but this is proper this is something i want around you my want the waist guys to work towards and he was comparing it to a couple of other promotions we won't name names now and he said remember when he won this particular promotions world championship and when the belt came it was kid size Oy. and he said he was so embarrassed you know Oy. to hold this thing and say i don't know i have to go out of this thing and it looks like a child's belt and he said when he when i took this thing out of the box and was like no i want to hold <laughs> this thing i want to hold this thing around my waist and so, talking, yeah, beautiful. talking about the event slam force africa how yeah. how's the prep been it's it's been good it's actually really been very good on our end everything has been too easy if i can okay. put it that way nice. everything <laughs> falls into place very naturally it's flowing it's flowing yeah there is challenges um i think anything like this will have a challenge but i think it came a lot easier than we thought it would and uh in terms of the plan for slam force are you planning how many events a year okay so slam force we're going to keep it a very exclusive event we don't want a weekly tv show we don't want to run it once a month we're going to keep it once a quarter so and it also gives you time you know to also save up money because i mean tickets aren't that cheap it's not cheap for us to get these guys in i mean rob van dam and these guys you know it's it, it does and I'm, I'm talking about you know flying them over here and setting them up you know those kind of things um so it gives us also some time to do that but also keep it exclusive I'm I'm very much in the belief that in South Africa, when something works, we do too much of that. Mm. I mean, I, I'm taking rugby as an example now. I mean, for me, I was a big, I was a rugby player. I used to play semi-professional. I used to play for the Falker rugby. And before I broke my knee and that was it and I was gone. But those days you had a couple of months that you used to play and that was it there wasn't a you start in january and you end in december and and you actually you look you couldn't wait for the rugby season to start i was a big rugby fan today i haven't watched a single match this year today when the box played was my first match i watched the whole year sure because it's just too much and if you start looking at the matches you see the stadiums are empty yeah you know because why do i need to watch this match because three weeks down the line the same team they're playing each other again and that's where we're coming with this thing saying no but if you're going to run it once a week or once a month it becomes no but i'll just catch the next month becomes a bit too much but if i'm telling you it's going to be once a quarter so you're going to get four events a year if you miss this one you miss this one because there was actually someone um on facebook pretty boy la rouge if i'm pronouncing that correctly he actually asked he said my question for the president of sfa will slam force be a weekly episodic show yeah. But no. you've answered that. Probably. Yeah, definitely not. You know, it, it, it will depend on TV, 
companies and, and channels you know i'm sure down the line if somebody is gonna look at it and say but we want this then we'll consider it but i'm very feeling but i'm very strong against it at this this stage and how did the idea come about for this promotion oh, where all good ideas happen on the toilet <laughs> <laughs> no um no, you know what i i i talk about it quite a lot you know when when i was 14 um when somebody would ask me what I want to do one day, I said, I wanted to be a script writer for the WWE. And people would be like, okay, but wait, now this doesn't make sense because I was, I was one of the sports guys at school, very athletic. Why the script writer? Why not a wrestler? You know, but some guys are like that. I, at one point, I didn't want to be a, a Springbok rugby player. I wanted to be a Springbok coach. Now I had a different mindset. I want to be behind the scenes. I want to see how these things happen. I want to be the guy pushing that so it was pipe dreams and you know obviously in south africa there's this this there's a there's a stigma around wrestling south africans don't really fully understand it as it should be as it is done in the united states but and then obviously you would get the thing you want to go into wrestling yeah, yeah. Mm, oh, yeah. what a kid yeah, I, I always had the dream what a child <laughs> what an eight-year-old who are you like and then you kind of like let that thing go but it was it was one of those things that just would never let me go i would just be like I, this thing keeps coming back if at least once a year would say no i need to do this i have to it doesn't want to let me go you know it's been 15 years later this thing doesn't want to let me go one day I was just sitting on a bench of one of my friends and I was saying, man, I was saying, and he was, he's my wrestling buddy. So whenever on a Monday after weekend, you know, we would talk about wrestling. And I told him, yeah, yeah, is it uh, the exactly. same, same yeah. thing? Yeah. So, and that's actually how we became friends. That's how we connected because we realized, but we both love it and we're not ashamed of it. We love what it is. Exactly. And I said to him, you know what would be cool if we do our own show, just Let's just do it like once in your lifetime, bucket list item, you put up a wrestling show. Because my father is a reverend, and in back in the 80s, they used to do Rolf Stui at Church Bazaar, you know, to, and it was quite big. I mean, in the 80s, it was very big. So I had that type of, that, that thing that, you know, we did that in the family once upon a time. I thought, well, you know, they did that. Why can't I do that as well? And... I remember my friend Tepo, he thought this is it. He thought, okay, yeah, he said, yeah, it's cool. But he thought I was joking. We're building castles in the sky. To me, it was very serious. The moment he gave me that go ahead, you know, in my mind, it was a green light. Let's do this. In his mind, it was like, yeah, we're just building a castle in the sky. I thought he said, let's go for it. <laughs> and I went for it. And I just started doing my thing. But okay, we started 18 months ago. You know, I started with... I said, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it proper, going to do research, get proper companies to find out what the market is like, you know, do it differently than what it is being done. I started, th that was the first time when I started contacting a couple of wrestlers and that's where we started. We, I started designing the belt oh, wow. before we even had a name for the promotion. But how did you contact some of the guys, especially like Rob Van Dam or so, PJ? So with PJ, it, it, it was very coincidental type of thing. While we were busy with this idea and building it, he posted a photo of some of his days when he was back in South Africa. And I just commented on his photo and said, man, when are you ever coming back to South yeah. Africa? Are we ever going to see you again? And he replied, which you don't often get. I mean, a lot of these guys, I mean, if you would go on to any one of these big guys' Instagrams and you comment, they won't reply to Definitely. it. But he actually, yeah. he replied so and he said, no. Was, was that on Instagram? That was on Facebook. That was on Facebook. And he said, oh, well, I'm, there's not really something happening in South Africa. If there was, I would be in the heartbeat. I said, but wait, <laughs> just hold on. <laughs> I'm doing something. And it was a day or what i didn't get a response i thought uh, okay well obviously and then the next moment there was an inbox message from him he said listen tell me what tell me about this i want to know what do you have in mind so i laid down my elevator pitch to him what is the vision what do i want to do you know where do we see this thing going how to change it and it was an instant connection it was an instant connection of saying he had exactly the same vision 
point for point, everything that I mentioned, that's what he sees the industry becoming in South Africa. It was an instant connection. He said, I want to work with you. Let's do this because this is the right vision. This is the one I want to take forward. And 18 months later, here we are and we're doing this thing. Something that started with a, a bench joke. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, we are. And your mate is involved, or yeah, yeah, no, he's, everybody is involved. Everybody's involved. Yeah, so yeah, so it, there's 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 not a person that we haven't contacted or who was behind us on this thing who's not involved. Gotcha. Even PJ, even though his his involvement with us is is purely as a wrestler, as a franchise wrestler, so he's the first guy we signed on a multi-year contract. His involvement is so much more to us. I mean, obviously he lives in the States. Mm. So having him there, you know, networking for mm. us, building those networks, telling us, because I mean, obviously, you know, we live in South Africa and there is people that side saying, I'm not going to go tour there. Mm -hmm. I, I hear all of these things, yeah. crying, what, what, you know, and having him go in there and say, no, man. Exactly. It's not that, it's not what you hear. You know, it is safe. We, there is, there's places you don't go, but obviously, you know, and having someone like that building a network for us, like that, that's, that's fantastic. And that's his biggest role in Slam Force Africa is opening up those doors for us. And like um, Rob Van Dam. Well, that's one of his connections amazing. as well. So okay. a lot of the things. So, so PJ at this stage, you can also see as one of our international talent relations officers. Mm -hmm. Yes, he's a wrestler, but he's the guy. If I tell him, PJ, I'm, I want this guy. He would get on the phone and say, listen, do you want to do this thing? Yes, I do. Okay, I'm going to tell Mr. C to contact you. And then he would say, all right, Rob says he's in. There's his number. There's his email. Go ahead. He said he's happy with that. So that's that's the biggest connection and the biggest play that we have at the moment. Having asked, I mean, PJ has been around for years. Twenty, I think it's 23 years now. This year he's been in the industry. There hasn't been, I think, the other day he told me, I think he wrestled in 48 different countries already. His dream is he wants to do every country in the world. That's, that's his big dream. And it's a fantastic dream. I think it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, if you can travel the world, you know, doing something you love, you know, and if you're having fun, wrestling is a very fun industry. Yeah. And you get to see the world, like, man, why not? And has, so, has, has RVD been to South Africa? Or? Yeah, no, Rob has been to South Africa, I think, three times. The first time was in 2003. Did he come with the WWE? Or? Yes, it was on the WWE tour. Okay. The last time he was here, I think, was in 2011. That was it. That was his last time here. I saw him when I was in America in 2002. I think it was Daytona. Oh, yes. In Florida. Mm. And it was a Raw Live event. And that was the first time, like, oh, yeah. I've never seen, like this live roster before yes. and watching him was just yeah insane yeah like yeah. you see the stuff he does on tv but it, oh yes but it's, when you see it live when you see it live oh. it's different it's completely different and that's actually where you become a wrestling fan yeah. when you see these things live and you realize holy crap this is fantastic mm. that that guy just did that five star frog splash <laughs> that's, a, that's the first you thing know? i remember it's like when you got on the top rope i was like that is so hard yeah it, like, it is high, and you're standing here, and, and you think he still jumps up. It's yeah. incredible. And remember now that your your ring floor is three centimeters hardwood, with eleven millimeters of foam on top. Mm. Eleven millimeters of foam does not protect you in any way, and you're getting on top of that top turnbuckle. You can't fake gravity. You can't. You know, yeah. it, 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 there's a mistake. You feel those things. You feel 100%. it. And that's one of the big things right now. The industry is moving into a much more shoot environment where guys are going more at it at each other rather than what it used to be in the 90s which was quite big in protecting yourself and each other and stuff so things is changing a little bit mm. but that's the american version so you've got two versions of wrestling and that's actually very important for people to understand and know um, if you look at our wrestlings in south africa when it was in the 80s and 90s it was very big we had one of the biggest territories in the world. Hmm. Uh, Hulk Hogan toured here. He lost to Jan Wilkins in Redeport. <laughs> yeah. Wow. There's no records because we didn't have YouTube or, you know, there was no videos and that kind of thing. I'm sure somebody somewhere has it on VHS tape, yeah. you know, but it was in 1987 sure, in Redeport. And, I mean, Jan Wilkins was big in Japan. Danny Fuerges was big in Japan. Danny Brits was big in Japan. We our wrestling industry was influenced by japan 
not by America. Uh-huh. And that's why it was so good and so popular in the 80s because your Japanese style of wrestling they call it strong style mm. so it is a, it's much more focused on the athleticism of wrestling than the entertainment are. there's always that entertainment element of it but in Japan it's about the sport mm. and your fans there is also completely different they don't yell and scream and cheer no, you they're know quiet during they're matches. very quiet and they they <clears throat> they sit and they respect the art and when you do something right they will clap yeah. gently you know they won't go crazy like your americans it's a for them it's an art and we were very much influenced by that and that's something very interesting that's a very interesting part now where did we start to go wrong the monday night wars came along there's something about south africans and this is what we got in our research we don't like the american style of wrestling hmm. you watch the wrestling you like the wrestling but you don't like the gimmicks. I don't like the talking on a microphone for 15 minutes and I get a match for five minutes. And I have to listen to somebody talk again for 20 minutes no. and I get a match for two minutes. Mm-hmm. And that's where South Africans started saying, no, this is not what we know. This is something that this is something else. Because now what you, what you had, you had a television war. You didn't have a wrestling war. Mm. And that's something a lot of people don't understand. I'm thinking Monday Night Wars, it was a wrestling war. It wasn't. It was a TV rating war. And both come WCW and WWF start going way over the top with their things, trying to pull in numbers. Because this week I'm doing this crazy thing, and next week they are doing that crazy thing, and it's this tug of war. It works in the USA because they're born into a Hollywood culture. Yeah. Exactly. You know, yeah. they, they do it. We are not. We're born into a sporting culture. Mm. I mean, whether you're a sports guy, whether you're not a sports guy, sometime in your life when you were eight years old, somebody said, you're going to be the next Springbok to fly off. <laughs> you know, and that was your, we're born into that type of thing. So the Monday Night Wars came along. Now, here's the thing. So our industry, our promoters that was running at that time, we didn't have the internet. I think we got the internet, what, 1995 for the first time. So not everybody had that. So these guys didn't have their the research freely available to them to say, listen, but is this working? You know, we're, we're seeing, we're hearing that there's this big boom in the USA and they changed the style hmm. and suddenly it's more of an entertainment-based thing. But it's big, so we're going to do the same because it's working that side. But not having the technology to say, but is this what South Africans like? They didn't see okay. that South Africans start tuning out because <coughs> we don't want to watch that. Hmm. And our industry start copycatting the USA and their style. Hmm. And suddenly, it started going very slowly, but eventually it did. And I mean, in the last 10, 15 years, it's been very, I'm not going to say dead, but it's been very quiet. It's not what it used to be in the 80s. In the 80s, you had your Jan Wilkins and, and Donnie Fuchs. These guys were household names like, da- like Nas Boerter and Donnie Gerber. Everybody would know them. If you would ask your parents, they'd say, of course, I can remember Jimmy Abbott, Donnie Fuchs. I remember full Strijskop. <laughs> See, you know? for us, we were born late 80s, in 88. Yeah. So we, and we are big wrestling fans. It's the first time I've ever heard these guys' names. Yeah. So that alone speaks for it. That's right? it. Yeah. And if you, but if you go ask your parents and you go ask them, they'll say, yeah, of course. Every single adult that you know that grew up in that era will have a story. I remember this match. I, rem- I was there. I, I remember Donnie Brits, you know, beating Donnie Fuchs for the first time in Clear's Door. You know, and it was big. And even when we go around, when we start going to broadcasters, when we have our meetings, and it's always there'd be somebody new coming in into a meeting, and we're like, you know, you got to tell the story again. And like, oh, but I remember that guy. Oh, and they get these nostalgic memories of, oh man, but wrestling was massive. What happened? I remember also, it was definitely a South African promotion. I was very young. I think I was maybe six. They held a, an event at Sun City. Oh, yes. I can't remember. Exactly. Oh, that was AWF in Cape Town. Oh, it was a massive promotion. I just remember. Yeah, they did that. I think that was, well, what year? 2004? No, jeez. I was six, so... 1994. 1994. Okay, so yeah, yeah that was. There. Oh yes, that was. That would be. Um, there was a wrestler I'll never forget. They called him the Giant Warrior. He was oh, a yes. South African guy. Oh, yes, yes. And I just remember he had all silver, these long sparks on him. Oh yeah. I can't remember the wrestling because I was so young, but I remember meeting him. I was like, wow. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm actually thinking. I know which promotion it was. And I think that was actually. Um, 
that was PJ's father's promotion because he used to run all of his stuff from from Sun City. Sure. Um, I just now it's now just lost in my mind. And he was also a Barker guy, if I remember correctly. Yeah, we had we, we had some great characters, but mm. but that was in the nineties when now immediately you know the WWF started influencing what our stuff started doing, and it looks cool. And a lot of us like that, and you like that chemist, but the general South African public did not like that, mm. Mm. and we started tuning out. And that was unfortunate, but now you know we've got the we've got the internet, we've got research. We've, I, you know, it was actually a company in Australia who did the research for us, not even a South African company. Um, so, you know, you can you have access to everything around the world, and what we found was in our research was that when we did research with wrestling fans, a shocking seventy six percent of fans said, "I mute the TV when they start talking." Or I channel hop when they start talking. I think it's also, uh, in my personal opinion, the problem is scripted promos. Yes. Back in the 90s, they used to say, okay, um, here's your topic to focus on, like the pay-per-view with, mm. with the Undertaker. Yeah. But whatever you're going to say. Very say much. It. It, was a lot, it was a lot more natural. Yeah. And, and, and here's the thing. Your audience aren't stupid. You're not dumb. I can see if that thing is heavily scripted. And I can, you know, I can say it. in the 90s, a, a lot of that was a lot of natural scripting or a lot of natural promos. You know, and you could feel it. You could see, no, this is, and sometimes they would shoot. Yeah. And they would shoot wild. And you can tell, okay, this was, he said well, stuff. almost feels like the guys back in the day were like better actors. Oh, yes, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, you look at the yeah, guys absolutely. today. It was just WWE, natural. Yeah. And like, yeah, I just but now, if, if you bring that, exactly that comment back to South Africa, do you think we're good actors? No. Mm. No, no, we're definitely not. We're not because we're not born into that. We're sportsmen. In that culture, yeah, we're sportsmen. Yeah, yeah. So now you, you're taking our South African wrestlers and you're trying to force them to yeah, do probably. those type of American promise. We're, we're, it doesn't come natural to us. And, it, and it's cringy and it, it doesn't feel natural. And you look at it and you're like... Mm, this is this product. is not us. Yeah. This is not what we do. Just stick to the wrestling boys. Just that's what we do. We're sports guys. We're sports people. That's what we do. That comes natural to us. And it and it is. If you look at our wrestlers on the local scene, there's not a guy in the WWE or Impact Wrestling or Ring of Honor or New Japan that will out wrestle our guys. Hmm. Every single one of the guys that we have in this industry in South Africa is fantastic athletic, you know, athletically. Yeah. And they they can make it. But we don't have that promo cutting or that. And that's fine. We don't need to have that. That's where we need to go back to our Japanese roots. So, because that's what I still do in Japan. They're very, very less focused on cutting promos. And, you know, the way they would cut a promo is they would do a press conference like in a normal sports setting. You know, the Springboks just just lost against the All Blacks. Damn. And, you know, but there's a press conference. Mm. And that's where they cut and they ask them about the match like a normal sporting yeah. thing. And that's, more na and that's natural to us as well. So we need to stop copying what the USA is doing. There's nothing wrong with that product. You can still love it. You can still watch it. You're still going to see it every Tuesday night on Supersport on Wednesday night. But when we look at our own home game, we mm. need to say what's best for us. And that's now where Slam Force Africa is saying that's what we're changing. We're not going to copy those things anymore. We're bringing it back to our Japanese roots and we're giving, we're playing to our strengths. And that's it. And who arranges the matchups? So mainly it, it, it comes from my side. So we've got a team that will look at stuff and they would propose the matches. And I would say, what is the final? Do I like this? Will it work? Won't it work? Um, I always have the final say in matches. Uh, but it's always a team effort. It's always that there's a lot of talk mm. going around. But what about this? Can we, will this one work? What if we mix these up there? And then, you know, then I'm the guy who finally says, okay, that's going to work. That's not going to work. This will work. Let's go with this one. Yeah. And to kind of put you on the spot, if you had a dream matchup between wrestlers alive or dead, anyone tag team triple three whatever the case is your dream matchup that you could have at slam force that you could make to oh main event slam force yeah so i would definitely i would definitely want to see and and, and i'm not saying this because because pj is waiting for us 
PJ has been one of my favorite guys even before he was in NXT. I I saw him for the first time in in WWP Thunderstrike, and what I think it was 2009 or something. I remember I checked this guy and I said, "This guy's gonna go to WWE." Watch, mm-hmm. and I, I I turned my back and I saw this guy on NXT. And I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> but definitely Okada from Japan, New Japan versus PJ Black. Sure, that would be the greatest match you can ever imagine that would happen just in terms of style just in terms of pace yeah oh, oh god is fast and he's good but talking about like new japan like what the wwe have done with shinsuke nakamura yeah. in my opinion it's completely yeah random. no they slaughtered him completely you can't take a guy like you're saying from a completely different style of wrestling bring him into this that's and th- that's what i'm saying this there is a difference in wrestling and I feel fans need to understand this because in South Africa, we're not used to knowing there's different promotions out there. We don't know about New Japan. If you're a hardcore fan, like the three of us sitting around the table is, you'd know. You'd know some of the guys there. You'd know all the... But your general fan, they don't because we only see what's on TV. That's why I feel like I wish our, our broadcasters would give us a bigger variety Go get New Japan. You're going to see much bigger numbers on Supersport showing New Japan pro wrestling than you would on WWE yeah. because it's more in our wheelhouse. It's what we like. Mm. I mean, you've got Supersport running with EFC and UFC simultaneously. Um, I mean, we like that. We are more into the sporting environment. Now, bring a New Japan on it. Put on Ring, Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor is probably the best balanced wrestling promotion in the world. Now, when you go for a heavy entertainment format or a heavy wrestling format, Ring of Honor is the only promotion that is perfectly balanced. Do you think AEW can push towards that balance? No, I think AEW is going to play a little bit more in the entertainment value. Um, I think that I'm, I think they're going to go for a 30-70 split. Oh, okay. Um, because they've got a weekly television program, so they're going to be forced to do some entertaining things and focus on that. And remember, you've got TNT who's behind them and you used to run WCW as well. They, this is about ratings. The moment you go into that weekly television slot, stay there. it's going to be about entertainment and not about the wrestling. Hmm. So that's just, yeah. So I, don't, I see them. They will do something different. I'm very excited to see what they do on their weekly shows. They will focus a little bit more they will focus a little bit more on the wrestling side, but they're still going to be heavily entertainment-based. And what's the toughest part of putting this whole event together, Slam Force? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> everything. No, this, it's, it's every single day is a new challenge. Um, look, this is, what we're doing is it's not a school festival show. It's not, it's not something set up at the ranch show. or you know, This is something bigger, big venues, mm-hmm. you know, big stages. We're, our production is what you'll see on TV. It's not going to be a little curtain and guys coming out of the curtain. It's, it's much bigger. So, for example, our blue files and JOC files had to be compiled three months ago. You know, and, and these are things that I know, you know, a lot of people don't even understand that this needs to go into going. That's getting the police to sign off on this. Now, looking at the security threat, because you're bringing in guys from the USA, you're bringing in big stars. Yeah. You're bringing in Rob Van Dam, who's a mega star. Yeah. What if somebody takes him out? Yeah. You know, so you, there's different things in our world that, for example, other promoters don't experience as much because we've got bigger things doing. So every single day, a different challenge. But I have to say it's very fun. There's not a day that goes by that I go like, what did I do? <laughs> it's every day. It's like, ah, oh, new challenge. Okay, let's grind. Let's see. And then you would you sort it by the close of business. Done. Feel so proud. Ten minutes later, new email comes in. <laughs> new challenge. Okay, let's go. So yeah, everything is hard. Everything is hard. But I would say the hardest part is getting support from fans. Yeah. That is single-handedly the hardest part i think fans they kind of feel they've been betrayed over the last 10 or 15 years by wrestling and what it has become or not what it has become what it hasn't become Mm. it kind of just stayed at one place and never did anything um, more than that and i think a lot of fans was just like 
no man, I'm, I'm done. Like there's no point in hanging on to this thing anymore. So hopefully we'll be able to change that. But yeah, that's the hardest. And how's the, the reaction been? Since, I mean, the press fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. Really, it's fantastic. You can still see a lot of people are still, you know, very reserved about this. Now, you know, that South African thing. I believe it when I see it. You know, we had a couple of guys saying, no, there's no way Rob Van Dam is not coming. This thing is a scam. What? You know, you, <laughs> it's, mean, it's, it's South it's, Africa. It's I mean, it's natural for us yeah. to immediately go to that reaction. Yeah. There is no way. At, I mean, at the University of Pretoria, you're telling me Rob Van Dam is going <laughs> to be in the Rembrandt Hall. You know, where I used to do gymnastics. <laughs> no way. There's no way. I'm with. So, I, and you get that. I understand that. Um, but you know you see there is that element but now as we're getting closer to it and guys are starting to realize no but this thing is really running we're seeing this on billboards we see if you go onto campus you'll see uh, posters flyers things everywhere you know next week we're going very big on our marketing as well so you start seeing things a lot more in the media and you know as, as this builds, you kind of start seeing now the fans are starting to realize, oh, no, but this yeah. is, this is, okay, now I'm getting excited. Mm. So, yeah, so it's fun seeing that, but it's still a challenge because you need, first and foremost, you need to teach South Africans how to watch wrestling. Mm. You need to teach them that. And you need to teach them the difference between, you know, your various uh, industries, your Japanese and your Western style and even your British style. So that we can start realizing, but there is a difference, and we need to just find what we like. And I mean, if you look at it, South Africans were born into the theater. Mm. You know, we're born into a theater culture, not a movie culture. We're more of a Broadway type of, you know, we go to a theater from a young age, and a sport culture. So again, it's that it's that perfect diagram for us, Venn diagram. We have this thing in the middle. We've got entertainment and production and theater value with sports value and where they meet. That's professional wrestling. Found their balance. Yeah. You know, and, and it, it, it's actually mind-boggling to me that so many South Africans don't wake up to it and say, "But it's best of both worlds." I, you know, because yesterday I went to a festival or a concert or I went to the theater, and this afternoon I'm brying and watching rugby. It's what we do. It's 100%. the perfect, perfect 100%. balance. So, but hopefully, I'm, I'm, I believe this thing will start rolling very quickly. I, I, as soon as the first one mm. gets left off, then people say, okay, but... And obviously, people want to see the product. <laughs> want to see what it looks like. Mm. Is this going to be a proper production of pyrotechnics? And is there going to be a stage and nice things? Or is it going to be a little curtain and guys is just going <laughs> to sneak in there? Or, or, or am I announcing on the night... Sorry, Rob Van Dam did not come. He's mm. not. So obviously you're going to have to. But once that thing is there and it has liftoff and people were there and I said, I saw Rob Van Dam. Faith restored. Yeah. I saw his rolling thunder, you know, and done. Slam Force Africa 2 sold out within a couple of hours. And I noticed that you guys have a ranking system. How's that yes. going to work going forward? So that is sort of a surprise to its it's what we're building to it okay but it's 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 again we're focusing more on the sport of this so what is the point of having guys win and lose but there's no ranking system mm. i want to see this guy wrestled four times he won two he lost one no contest one i want to see his record and that needs to be your pecking order of who gets a title shot who is next in line you know, that, that kind of thing. And it needs to matter. That's cool. It's sport. That's, that's I mean, legit. It makes it... Again, that's part of our research that we've done. So that's what South Africans want. We want... Give me a rank. I want to know who's on top of the leaderboard. Who's in the league. Who's the best fighter there is. Yeah. And that's, that's what that's about. But there is something that will come into it's the end of next year that will kind of like... Then the whole ranking system will make sense. And you'll be like, oh, okay, now I understand what this actually was for. Not just keeping track of your races, but there's something that will be. And uh, in terms of your up and coming wrestlers, where, I mean, if they want to get noticed or if they want to, I mean, do, do you have any like interviews? Yeah. I mean, what? <laughs> so, so are you, are you talking in general about wrestlers in South Africa or the guys that we sp particularly have? No, no, so guys that want to actually get into it. So, I mean, where would yeah. someone start? Like, okay, you know? so I'm always for it. Look, we've got five or six great local promotions in South Africa. You know, you've got CPW, 
uh, Champions Pro Wrestling, Honor Wrestling Association, AWA in Cape Town, uh, Rockstar Wrestling. You know, these, these guys, they're run by legends who's been there, done that, got the t-shirt. They know more about wrestling than anybody else does. So when people do contact us, we tell them, go there first. Get your training done. Wrestling is not a thing where you're going to jump up straight from, I'm going to be a wrestler tomorrow and you walk into the WWE. It doesn't work that way. It's very, very technical. It's a very, very fine art and it takes years to perfect. So you need to start where you need to start. You need to start in a, a smaller promotion. Go to their academies. They all have academies. Um, and they have their training schools. We will also have our training schools coming next year, but that will be for guys who are already wrestling and they need to get polished. And then we will have master classes done by guys like Rob Van Dam and bring guys in to just polish them for a week, show them something else that they haven't learned in, but they need to start at the local wrestling promotions. We consider ourselves as a call-up promotion. So we consider ourselves as that next level. So you need to start with your local wrestling promotion. If you make it there and you're good enough or you're very good, we will see you and we will pull you up to one of our cards. So none of our wrestlers that we have are signed in permanently. They know that. They know it's, it's a lot more in, in your MMA culture. You know, you, you get... You get a proposal on the table. This is the match we want. Do you want it? We saw you doing your thing at CPW or HWA. This is your offer. This is what we got for you. Do you want this match or not? Mm. If you want it, you're going to be seen on Slam Force Africa. But that's your next promotion. That's the next level because we've got some bigger distribution deals in, in line of us where you will get seen by overseas and, overseas and those type of guys. But you need to start at the at bottom. Pro. You need to you start. Have to. Otherwise, yeah, you're not yeah. going to learn anything. And, and there is so many guys who contact us. And I get it, understand it. You're passionate about wrestling. I mean, you want to be there. But you're going to die if you want to start in one of our rings. Mm. Go learn the basics. Do the hard work. If you're going to ask any one of those wrestlers, if you speak to Rob Van Dam personally, he will tell you his training school was gruesome. The Iron Sheik trained him and there was no punches were pulled yeah, there. That was a serious, serious No, and it trainer. was a serious <laughs> training and it was, and he had to start you. That's where you have to start. Wrestlers won't respect you if you don't start at mm. the bottom. Yeah, they will never like, work with you. They will never get in the ring with you. Yeah. You need to start and go earn your stripes. That's simple as that. If you're good enough, we will call you and we say, look, we looked at you. This looks good. Come do something on Slam Force Africa. I think the biggest question we want to know, will we ever see Mr. C in the squared circle? Oh, never, <laughs> never, never, never. No, I'm a, I'm a behind the scenes kind of guy. No, 100% no. I'm not your Mr. McMahon character or, you know, I'm, I'm no Paul Heyman. I cannot, you can, yeah, this accent is way too heavy. Afrikaans in any case. You, so that's the thing I was talking about. You'll cringe if you see me on TV going, yeah, this is going to be lucky, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, no. I'll even still remember stepping foot in a wrestling ring mm. and actually feeling the base of it. Yes. And from there, just the amount of respect I earned yes. for those guys. Yes. And, and I wish more people would do that. Mm. I know. But I mean, if you just look at it and you realize and you think logically about it, like I said earlier, you can't, you can't dodge or fake or protect yourself against gravity mixed with force. Mm. No, you, you can't. There's nothing you can do. You cannot protect yourself against a three centimeter hardwood floor. Doesn't matter what you do, you can tuck and roll, but you're still gonna feel it. And sure. these guys, they do hit each other really hard. They they do this. They sometimes they it's 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 a controlled art. So if the karate guys out there, they will all go. You'll see those heads nodding now. It's it's force, but it's controlled force because you have to. You, if there was no control behind that, this sport would have been banned a long time ago because there would be a death once a week in a ring. But now every guy who has a karate background will tell you how hard and how difficult it is to perfect that art of knowing you're in this match set up, you've got adrenaline going through you, you've got a crowd of 10, 20,000 people cheering you on, 
and you just got a stiffy from your opponent. So what's your what what is your animal instinct? instinct is to I'm gonna go win. back, but yeah. I need to control it as well. And it's kind of you. It's kind of like a blind rage mm. scenario. But now you have to take that blind rage, and I need to control it as well. I'm gonna kill my opponent. Mm. I'm still hurting him, and I'm still wrestling him. But I need. I don't want to kill this guy. But now, if you're sitting in that audience and you understand those things and you watch this and you and you see them hitting each other out and you understand okay but there is some control that's why i don't like the term fake mm. i say it's not fake it's controlled it's just controlled and that's all the way down from top to bottom it's just a controlled environment but the sport is very real yeah but we just control it because i mean i don't i don't want on my first show have rob van dam <laughs> lying in the center of the ring and I need you to please explain, you know, <laughs> what happened, you know? So, and, and that's just what wrestling is all about. You know, it's just controlling, you know, your force and your moves just to protect each other as well, while still going at each other. Yeah. You know, and they do. I mean, Brock Lesnar is one of those guys. He does not really hold back. But one, once again, and a lot of people don't give him enough credit. He's probably one of the guys who controls himself the best than anyone I've seen in my life. What he did recently with Braun Strowman. Yeah. I can't remember what pay-per-view it was. Yeah, Braun yeah. gave him a stiff yeah, elbow yeah, and yeah. Lesnar got up and hit him yeah. properly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that calm was, down. So that does happen. I've seen him lose control three times. But again, that's, that's from a guy jumping between codes. From wrestling to MMA. And when you're jumping that, you somewhere down the line, you're going to... When you get a, a stuffy against the head, you're going to forget that I'm in a wrestling ring. You're thinking I'm back in the octagon and you get up and you go, you know, <laughs> so it happens. But in, in general, between these two guys that I have so much respect for and how they control their force and their matches, and that's Brock Lesnar is one, and then Samoa Joe. Mm -hmm. There's not a guy on earth who controls his force better than anybody. Now that is art watching that car race that's art absolute beautiful Couldn't art. Agree more yeah so what can fans expect from the first well your premier show slam force yeah one? Oh, they can they can expect amazing wrestling i think the card that we have is the best card south africa has ever seen you know it was locally produced um from the first match makita from cameroon versus the exterminator i mean exterminator has been around in on the local scene since the year 2000 sure. and he's good you know he's been there he's probably one of the legends in that game but typical south african you know you've got your what do we like i just say typical south african in terms of if you look at sport rugby wise we're we're so obsessed with size we're always obsessed with size who's the strongest we're bigger we're stronger we're, we're these hard men and the, you've got that typical south african game plan from the exterminator and then you go to cameroon which is very much influenced by the french and the french flair and you know they are a lot more nimble and they like doing a, a lot more aerobic things and being fast paced and those kind of things and now you literally have two hemispheres two different styles clashing you know and it's the same kind of vibe if you're going to say bafana bafana plays cameroon you know it's it's two different things. It's the same if you say the All Blacks versus the Springboks. It's power versus speed. And, and that's actually a match I'm very excited about, to see that. And obviously, as South Africans, you, you, we always want, yeah. no, but we're the stronger. We, you know, we're big and we're strong. But Makita is absolutely electrifying. He's you know, ring of honor now. He's lighting that fire, that ring on fire, you know, in that top prospect tournament. Um, it's going to be a challenge for Exterminator to get hold of him. You know, because he's fast and, and he likes his kicks, you know, proper nice Pele kicks and stuff like that. Um, like, you know, like the Cameroonians does. They like, sh they like showing, showing off what yeah. they can do while we just get straight to the point. <laughs> yeah. you know, so I think that's, so it's going to be an interesting match. See that right there. You know, then you've got uh, Matthew Hammer versus Prince Akbar. And I have to say Matthew Hammer, in my opinion, is probably our next WWE star. If they don't pick up that young man within the next year or two, then this industry has lost me forever hmm. because he is absolutely amazing. Everything he does 
in that ring, outside that ring. If you're talking about a South African who can cut a promo, that's the guy you want. Cool. And he's, he reminds you kind of a lot of, of Brian Pullman oh, wow. and nice. Jeff Hardy. I, I kind of see like a combination, Jeff Hardy and Brian Pullman type of thing there. Um, so he's absolutely he's somebody I'm, I would say to fans, you know, you have to zoom into this guy. He's, he's not the tallest guy around. He's quite short. Now we've put him against this giant from Nigeria. <laughs> absolute giant. But I mean, isn't that what wrestling is about? Yeah, there's no weight classes. There's no divisions. There's no borderlines. We say, because this is wrestling. I can use a chair if I really need to, to try and bring this guy down. And that's what, it, so that's going to be your classic David versus Goliath. We're just basically showing off to the other combat sports. You can do this, but we can do this. You know, you can put a super heavy weight against the flyweight, but we can because <laughs> we do things a little bit differently on our own terms. So that's going to be an interesting one because Prince of Bala, now this guy is massive and he's strong. God, that, this guy's like guys you haven't seen this. He would ragdoll guys. That's his size. That's 1.9 meters tall. You know that he would ragdoll them across the ring, pure force. And you're like, okay, and then I'm thinking, what did I do? <laughs> what did I do? Because Matt is not the biggest guy around, but you know, okay, but he's fast. But that's the other thing. Apala is fast as well, and you won't think that this big, massive block of a man who's all muscle, he can move. So, but it's going to be a very creative match where. Both guys will need to get creative because obviously you're going to get Matthew Hammer will, I think, have a game plan of not trying to get close to Akbala because if he's going to get close to him, he's probably not going to get up again. But again, the bigger you are, the harder you fall. And I know Hammer has this really beautiful sliding sweep that he can just take your legs out from under you without drop of a pin. Um, so if he can get Akbala down, Akbala won't get back up because he will be able to get in there because he's fast and he's a good striker. Uh, where Akbala has a much more of a power game where Matt has, he's phenomenal in the striking and obviously in the airspace. Now, so that's, that's going to be so a very... styles are making mm, the matchups, yeah. Yeah, so that's a very, that's a very interesting, yeah. So we're, we're definitely looking at styles and what different styles we're going to go for. I think my favorite match of the whole card is then you know, you've got Andrew Perseus versus Carl Ripley. That's, in my opinion, I believe that one's going to steal the show. It's a simple, straightforward thing. It's a South African derby. You've got North versus South. That's what we love. <laughs> you know, Cape Town versus Gauteng. You know, that's, we, we'll die for that. Bulls versus Stormers. You know, that's what we do. But these two men are much more inclined to being MMA fighters than actually being wrestlers. Hmm. So their styles is very much more intense, a lot more, you know, in terms of, of aggression. They're very aggressive both. And that's why we took both them and we said, we're going to lock you guys. Some in more hand. brawlers. Brawlers, strikers. Oh, they just, it's just nasty, to be honest. You know, if you get these guys and... I'm expecting blood in this one. I'm honestly, I'm both these guys are warriors. They don't give up. They're going to go at each other and they're not going to stop until somebody cannot get up physically. Mm. And, and you're going to have that. It's an all South African one. This one is going to show South Africans what we can do as South Africans. And I think we chose the perfect one. Awesome. I think we chose it in terms of story, in terms of, you know, North versus South and style because we do like our sporting. We do like a little bit of, we like a Bucky's Buerta on the rugby field. We don't, you know, we don't like, uh, you know, Baden Barrett, you know, can't touch me kind of thing. We, we go for it. We want the hard guy. So this is going to be the hard match. So that one, I, that's my pick for the night. That's my match. I can't wait for that one to happen. Yeah, then obviously we've got a double main event. Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't choose. It was as simple as that. Like people ask me, why double main event? I mean, you've got Rob Van. Why is that not? No, no. I was like, you can't choose, because both is fantastic matches. The women's match is actually um, secretly my favorite one. Now it's not a secret <laughs> anymore, <laughs> but it's been my favorite one for a long time. 
because you have it's a four-way match again it's a showcase of that we don't need to do one against one in wrestling we can do different things as well you got four different women all four of these women are fantastic you know you've got black widow who is the longest reigning women's champion in south africa and and she has a great power game and she's got a great new submission game that came out of nowhere and it's and it's dominating it's you like whoa where did this come from and then you've got chastity cardona from colombia and she's probably one of the best female wrestlers in colombia also wrestling in the usa but she is a pocket rocket she's fast she's small she's nimble she's electrifying she likes going into the air she likes you just she always wrestles in this red little skirt and and top and it's more like you see this red blimp going past <laughs> she's very fast and you've got so that's your high flyer and you've got black widow as your power wrestler and then you've got katie forbes who is also lighting the usa on fire right now i mean there's a tug of war going on between impact wrestling and ring of honor who wants her more you know and because she is absolutely super strong and if you look at her you would think now this is just a pretty face and she's just there for for eye candy she's not this woman can wrestle with the best of them she's so strong i've seen her squat three men on her shoulders big men not not tiny men like <laughs> piling up three men on top of her shoulders and squatting like it's nothing wow. you know, and you got her but she she's a lot more in a technical style you know and and that's again a different style so if you start seeing the pattern for slam force africa one we're, we're putting different styles against each other and then obviously you've got celeste bonin was known as Caitlin in the WWE, former women's champion, and she's an all-rounder. She can go either way. She can she can tango with all of them, but will she be able to in a chaotic environment where there's four women and anybody can be pinned at any time and win their title? Will your all-rounder be able to handle all f all of the other three? You know, and you look at these different styles, and I want to say diversity in styles, and you're like. No, this is a really cool match. Yeah. And that's why I said that secretly that's my favorite <laughs> one. Just trying to see, you know, how this is going to go. I think that's fantastic. And obviously, Cherry on top, the Slam Force Africa Women's Championship will be on the line. So we will reveal that one soon. Um, we didn't go much different than this one. Mm -hmm. um, so it's actually, it's quite similar. A little bit of changes in there. Um, but still, absolutely beautiful. Beautiful. I think we will we will be revealing that one within the next two or three weeks. Then we will show that one. Was that the same process? The same guys do it? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. So everything everything we do comes from them. Cool. They are our official official belt makers. Yeah, and then obviously the last one. I don't I don't need to I don't need to say I don't need to say anything about that one. Rob Van Dam versus PJ Black. I think that to a lot of people will be the main event. Um, the go home that's the one you're coming out to see uh, what's fantastic about it for me is that it's a first time ever that's also it's a dream matchup it's a dream matchup we've got guys in the u.s we've got guys in sweden freaking out about this match and saying can can we can we come can we just <laughs> please get over here this is a dream match yeah. and it is a dream match and I, I was baffled when i found out this has never been booked before i was like why not yeah. i mean you've got these two guys they've got very similar styles um, they actually, you know, they inspire each other. Rob Van Dam just said the other day in, a, in an interview, he said, a lot of these guys, these younger guys coming up, they inspire me to do new things and add stuff to my repertoire. And, you know, I'm not, he's not a, Rob is not a guy that, that just stays as he is. He likes reinventing himself a lot. And, and it's a lot looking at, and that's why he can keep going. I mean, th there's no end to him. There's absolutely no end to him, and he's and he's still freaking damn fantastic. Amazing. You look at him right now, where he's wrestling at Impact Wrestling. He has not lost a step in that ring. Yeah. You know, he doesn't make a mistake. He's just he's like wine. He just gets getting <laughs> better and better and better. I wish I wish he was booked a bit better. Um, yeah. I wish they would um, book him a little bit more seriously with the younger guys. Right now he's doing a it's it's a great it's a great thing for the audience you know seeing a lot of 
legends that came out of his era and you know he's he's being booked to a lot of them like rhino who's now also back on impact racing and tommy dreamer also making a couple of appearances there um but i want to see them you know i want to see rob go at sammy callahan yeah. and i want to see those guys really build a proper thing out there but i mean you getting back to our match you got pj and rob who's got very very similar styles they're both 20 plus year veterans in this they have both been to the top of the WWE. They've both been WWE Tag Team Champions. Um, they both have a record list or repertoire that's longer than, than, than I am. And I'm not that long. <laughs> but, you know, so having that whole thing there, I think you're going to see a very fast match. But I think I'm calling it. I'm saying I think you're going to see a long match. I think you're going to see a long game on this one. I think you're going to see some fireworks, but I think you're going to see the two veterans come out. It's going to be technical. I think. And I think yeah. they're going to go like, hmm, I know what you're going to do. No, but I know what you're going to do. And I think you're going to see a lot of that as well. Mm. So, but still, there's not a match that these two guys can put up that's not a five-star match. Now, put them in one match together. That's why we've got guys in the USA saying, this is the match we've been waiting for for the whole year. So, mm. guys... I mean, uh, all your broadcast deals, will, where will guys be able to catch it overseas? So right now, the only one that we have announced so far is the Fight TV deal. And we announced that one specifically for our uh, overseas audience. Maybe. But South Africans can also get that as well. Um, we do have other deals as well that we will announce later. It's just for us all about timing, you know, timing what we're doing, you know, um, but we've got big things. Like I said in an interview I did with SFA.com a couple of weeks ago, behind the scenes, this thing is much bigger than anybody's really realizing at the moment. Stuff that we've got signed, the stuff that's happening, the guys we got booked for future shows is, guys, it's, it's one of those things you're going you're gonna to wet your pants. Like literally, <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm not even joking. It is like one of those things. When, when we got that, we got one particular guy's hand signature on a contract. I, I almost wet myself. I was like, no ways. I, oh, I'm not even going to, I just concluded the contract, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to believe that he, I don't know. I don't. Sure. So, but yeah, uh, it's much bigger than it is. And we've got multiple things going on, multiple deals. So a lot, everybody will be able to watch this. So oh, yeah. that's one of the things. So Brilliant. everybody will be able to watch this. It doesn't matter where in the world you are. doesn't matter where in Africa you are. doesn't matter where in South Africa you are. You will be able to watch this, but obviously, please come, come to the show because that's where you want to see it. Yeah. You know, I understand if you live in PE and I can't get to Pretoria you know, to watch the show, but if you can make it, this is where you want to see it. Yeah. One of the big things that we will be doing is after every show, when the cameras goes off, then they, we will be doing some very, very fun stuff that only your live audience will be able to get. And that's... That's and that's why we said Nelson Nelson. Trust us, you want to be there live because there's some things coming that, that's not going to be shown on TV. And where can fans go for more information on the event? Oh, just to www.slamforce-africa.com. Yes, that's a hyphen. Everybody says dash or slash or it's a hyphen. <laughs> Slamforce-africa.com. There's no place else that we will break the news. It's always either our Facebook, Instagram, and our website, the tickets will only be available on our website. It's n there's no third-party tickets. We haven't sold that off to anybody, so we didn't give third parties a chance to resell the tickets because we want to give South Africans a better chance of being able to afford them and go there. We've also dropped the prices as we speak to our fans because we speak a lot with our fans. And it's a case of saying, but you, this, this promotion is for the fans. This is not for us. This is for the fans. So if you as a fan tell me this is what I want, I'll give you what you want. If you tell me, give me a new tier ticket for 50 bucks, we'll do that. Probably not now because <laughs> it's too late now. We've got like a month to go. Yeah. But for the next one, you know. So we've got all of those things coming in. But there will not be tickets at the door. It's part of the agreement we have with the venue. They don't want cash on the grounds. So there won't be tickets at the door. If you don't buy your tickets before the event, you're going to get there and you're going to want to buy a ticket and you're going to be shown away because they don't want to do that because it's a bit dangerous having that amount of money 
on mm. a camp on a student campus yeah so go to the website buy your ticket there Amazing. awesome so mr c thank you very 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 much for taking the time out mm. and coming in to chat with us we'll see you on the 27th of october yeah. University of Pretoria. Oh, you're not going to see me, but I'll see you guys. We'll, <laughs> we'll keep our eyes oh, open. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, 27th of October, Rembrandt Hall, University of Pretoria. That's it. What time is the event kicking off? So bell time is three o'clock. Three o'clock. We did it in the afternoon. So because it's a Sunday, we want to bring back your Sunday afternoon boxing, you know, the beginner nights. You guys remember, when you get back from church, have mother make a nice meal, and then we all put it on SABC 1 or 2 for top sport, and then we watch boxing. So... We want to get that vibe back in again so but we did it so after the show there's plenty of daylight time left there's plenty of time for you to go back home and recharge for the next monday so please don't make that use that as an excuse yeah. you know just come out we, we we're timing everything so that you can say okay but there is time and i can have fun with that so bell time is three o'clock but the doors will open from one o'clock awesome yeah. Again, thank you very, no, thank very you. much for coming in. No, thanks, Jens. Awesome. Thank you very much for you. Oh, woo! <laughs> <laughs>